turn to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians chapter 2. And it's awesome to see this church continuing on, amen. And it's awesome to see it with all the great things in the life groups. As a matter of fact, we just launched out our life groups last week as well. So it's great to see your church right in sync there with the mother church, amen. And it's powerful, it's powerful to see. And like Pastor Stephon saw, he stays connected with us all the time with our pastor, myself. So it's awesome to know that you guys are right in sync with what God is doing in Victory Outreach. Praise our Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to start reading in verse 10. One verse. It says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Let me read that one more time. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. I'm going to say good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you for your presence and your anointing here this morning. I pray, Lord, that you administer through your word and that lives will be transformed, people will be healed, people will be set free. We pray, God, that your manifestation of your glory will be in this place. We thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, and everybody says, I want you to give five people a high five and tell them you're created to do good works. And then you may be seated. Somebody turn to the person on the right of you and tell them good works. Turn to the person on the left of you and tell them good works. Tell the person behind you, tell them good works. Now slap that person in front of you. Tell them, no, I'm just playing, don't do that. You know, about last year, we came up here to the city of San Jose for the prayer retreat. How many of you were part of the prayer retreat? And it was last year. So we came and uh, we drove up here. And it's about a good, you know, it's a good drive. It's about six hours, right? So we left real early. We, we got to our hotel, and uh, we got to the hotel early. So all of a sudden, you know, I drove the whole way here, and I was with Pastor Ezra and a few of the guys that are a part of our youth ministry. So, you know, we got into the hotel. We checked in, and we still got a couple hours left. So all of a sudden, one of the brothers goes, you know, he's been on a, a workout mode. So he goes, hey, he goes, Let, let's, let's work out. I brought this DVD called insanity and uh and he goes he goes let's work out and so all of a sudden he's trying to motivate me and pastor ezra to to work out but i'm right there and you know when you just travel six hours right you guys know what i'm talking about you just want to lounge you there on the bed and i'm right there watching tv and he goes come on let's do it insanity i'm like nah i ain't doing it man and like, bro we gotta we gotta go we got service tonight we gotta rest he goes bro this is part of it we'll, we'll feel good and then all of a sudden, so then he got Ezra, Pastor Ezra, he's the UTC director. So he got Ezra on board. So now there's two of them trying to, you know, gang up on me. And I'm like, I don't know. And he goes, no, no, we'll do it. Come on. And so finally with them, you know, 10 minutes, finally just trying to motivate me to do it. Finally I said, okay. So then he got the DVD, and he's all excited. putting it on. And he goes, okay, look, there's three different levels. You got low impact, you got medium impact, and then you got high impact. He goes, what level do you want to start off at? You all look at me like you wouldn't answer the same question. that I, that. I go, brother, low impact. 
some right there, the low impact, you know, and it's just real small. Because the high impact, I saw the, they, they showed me afterwards, they're like crazy. They're like, you know, doing all these things, and, and I'm like, there's no way I can do that. So let me just start off, you know. And about five minutes into it, at the low impact level, I said, I'm good. You know what, let me just, I got to rest and get ready for tonight's service. But you know, I want you to know something. God has not called you and I to serve him at a low impact level. God wants to use our life at a high impact level. Are you hearing me? God wants to use your life at a high impact level. Why? Because there's an enemy that's been working overtime. There's an enemy that's been working overtime on your family. There's an enemy that's been working overtime on your body through sickness. There's an enemy that's been working overtime trying to steal, kill, and destroy here the city. And that's why God wants to raise up a church that will serve him at a high impact level. Somebody shout and give God a hand of praise. Because you need to know this, that you need to so that your adversary is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And that the Bible, the Bible says that the, the devil, he is the originator of sin, of sickness, of strife, of struggles. That every single thing that you've been going through as far as struggles and sickness and strife comes from the enemy. It does not come from God. Why? Because he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. That's why your marriages has been acting up. Hello, somebody. That's why your kids have been acting up. Come on, somebody. That's why your finances have been acting up. Why? Because the devil has been working overtime to steal, kill, and destroy. But God wants to raise up a people right here in the heart of the bay, the victory outreach, that are going to serve God at a high-impact level, not a low-impact, not barely committed, not barely getting by, not just barely doing it. No, but God has called us to serve him. At a high impact, somebody shout and give God a hand of praise. And even though the enemy has been working overtime, I thank God that we serve a God that's working for us. Oh, you ain't hearing me. I say, even though the devil has been working overtime here in the city, even though the enemy's been working overtime on your marriage. Even though the enemy has been working overtime on your kids and on your finances, we have a God that's been working for you and I. Somebody shout and give God a hand of praise. For the Bible says in the book of 1 John 3, 8, he says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. And for this purpose, look at this. It says, for this purpose, the main reason. The Son of God, Jesus, was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Woo, that's powerful. You know what that, that tells me? That through the death and resurrection of Jesus and through his redemptive work, he has destroyed the power of the enemy and that our freedom was fully purchased at the cross of Calvary. Somebody shout right there and give God a praise. The whole reason why Jesus came to this earth was to reconcile us back to God, but at the same time to destroy, to destroy every foul and wicked work the enemy has been trying to destroy your life with. That word destroy in the Greek, there's two part meanings. And one of the meanings, it means to loosen. 
means to loosen. Somebody say loosen. And when you think of loosening, you think of kind of like when you have to untie your shoe, right? When you untie your shoe, it, it doesn't come off right away, right? A lot of us have slip-ons, right? But when you have, you know, shoes that you got to lace up, all of a sudden, you know, you got to take time to untie it. You know, I got kids, and, uh, you know, I got to double knot the, their shoes. Then afterwards, they don't know how to, so, Dad, you got to untie them. So I'm right there, and it's taking forever to untie because it's double knots. And, and a lot of us, because the enemy has done so much damage, we were, we're kind of like double knotted in a sense, right? And so all of a sudden, we, we want God to move on our behalf, but it's not going to happen right away. It's going to be a loosening process. Are you hearing me? Some of you come in here with sickness this morning. And, and, and some of you may think, man, God's going to just zap you. And, yes, that can happen because that's the other part I'm going to get into in a minute. But for some people, it's going to be a loosening process where it might not happen, bam, immediately, but it's going to happen by a day-by-day gradual process. You might come in messed up in the mind, not thinking straight, but as you continue to come to church, as you continue to worship, all of a sudden you start thinking straight. Your marriage might have been messed up and you might have been on the verge of divorce, but as you get in one of the life groups and all of a sudden God's beginning to start loosening that marriage, all of a sudden you start becoming a, a better husband and, and a month goes by and then a year goes by, then all of a sudden it's been 10 years, you're celebrating your anniversary. Why? Because God was doing the work in your life. It might have been a process, but God was doing it. And then the other part of destroy, it also means to annihilate. Ooh, I like that word. Because when I think of Annihilate, I think of all the cool movies, Iron Man and Superman. I think of all the cool movies where all of a sudden, bam, just things are annihilated. And I want you to know, God does that, God does that as well. That's why you'll see people that come up to a church service like this morning, another service that come in here hooked on drugs, hooked on meth, hooked on heroin, hooked by alcohol, hooked on cigarettes, and all of a sudden, man, God begins to zap them, and after that day, they never have any desire to be to use drugs. They don't have no more desire to get high. They got no more desire to smoke out. Why? Because God annihilated that sin, that sickness, that struggle that was on their life. Somebody shout and give God a hand of praise. And I believe this morning... That some of you get ready because God's about to loosen you. God's about to loosen you from sickness. God's about to loosen you from that struggle. And then there's others. Get ready because God is about to annihilate that sickness that the enemy has been trying to destroy your life with. Get ready because through the power of Jesus Christ, he's going to destroy every single work the enemy has been trying to do in your life. Somebody shout and give God a praise this morning. Hallelujah. Woo! For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the enemy. That has always been Jesus' number one purpose, is to destroy the works of the enemy. Who I love that. That's been his number one purpose. And that's why God's raised up Victory Outreach. 
because there was, the enemy was trying to plague the inner cities with drugs and violence and, and trying to plague it with disease and all these things. And, that, and there were un, un, other ministries that were going into destroying that type of work the enemy was doing. And that's why God had to raise up a special force. We're not just like the army. We're not just the, the, uh, 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 the navies. No, we're the special forces. Hello, somebody. We're like the Navy SEALs. We go into places that no other people go. Why? Because God uses us to pray for people, to pray and lay hands on drug addicts, on gang members, on prostitutes, on sick people. And God is able to use us through the anointing to see them completely healed and delivered and set free. And not just set free, not just healed, but all of a sudden to see them raised up. So they become leaders. They can become pastors. They become families that are able to go back into the same place that God brought them out of and tell them, hey, if God did it for me, God can do it for you. Somebody give God a hand. That's what's so powerful about our ministry, Victory Outreach. We just don't set people free. And then that's it. No, no. We set them free, develop them, work with them, and see them raised up. And then send them back into the very ghetto, to the very city. And God's able to use them to bring others out. Why? Because we have a God who works for us. Secondly, we not only have a God who works for us, we also have a God who works in us. Somebody say, God's working in me. That word workmanship there in Ephesians, it com comes from the Greek word poemai. This where we get the word poem or poet. And this Greek word signifies one who has extraordinary ability to write or to create an, an amazing masterpiece. Meaning somebody who has a skill to develop something, to make something, whether through music, whether through sculpting, whether through writing, whether through painting, right? That somebody has the ability to, to make something that becomes a, a masterpiece. You know, I get the great privilege to travel throughout the world. And um, one of the things that I like to do when we're there in the city, we're evangelizing, we do all these things. But at the same time, we like to go, you know, be a part of the city. You know, like this week, Pastor Stevan, even though, you know, it's kind of like bittersweet, you know, he took us to a giant game, you know. And it was a bittersweet because, I'll be honest, I don't like the Giants, right? But I have to admit, I told us on this, I like the stadium, man. You guys got an awesome stadium. I give you that. I give you it. That's all I'm going to give you. That's it, right? So this one time, we were in the city of Mexico City. We just got out of a powerful conference, four days. And all of a sudden, we were leaving. Our flight was leaving in the, in the later evening. And Pastor Saul tells us, hey, before you leave, you got to go check out the pyramids there in Mexico. And it was myself, Danny, Lara, and Grace. We were like, really? Oh, my God. You have to see it. It was amazing. So all of a sudden, our, uh, uh, one of the leaders and the driver, they took us about an hour out of the city. So we go there. And um, so we're there. And all of a sudden, as we're driving, you know, it was about an hour drive. Danny, Lara's in the front row. And uh, he goes, hey, look. There's the, there's the pyramid. And I look, and I'm like, dude, that's not no pyramid. Dude, that's a mountain, Danny. What do you, you bro, put your glasses on, right? But as we kept on driving, little did I know, 
that mountain that I thought that it was was actually the pyramid. That's how big it was. So all of a sudden we come to it and, and we stand right in front of it and this thing is massive. And it's amazing to know, I mean, you know, I don't want to get into the details as far as how they built that without the modern technology of today. So these people are walking up it like nothing. So all of a sudden, me and Daniel were like, dude, do we dare walk up this pyramid, right? And Daniel already goes, let's do it, dude. We're gang warriors. And he goes, and there was like four of us. He goes, look it, let's make a bet that we can't come back down, dude. Because if you come back down, if you don't make it all the way to the top, you're, you're not a gang warrior. You're a gang girl. Right? And I'm all, I'm all, let's do it, dude. Let's do it. I'm down. I'm, I'm down. Let's do it, right? So all of a sudden, bam, okay, we're gang warriors, right? Any warriors in the house? So, bam, we're climbing up the steps. We're climbing up the steps. We're climbing up the steps. And I'm going, and, it, and it's not like the normal steps. This is one of those steps where it's just steep, like just one on top of the other, just stacked up. So, bam, and my legs are cramping. I barely could breathe. We get barely halfway to the mountain. I'm like dying. Then I see Daniel R., he's even worse. <laughs> so in my mind, I'm thinking, you know what, man? Maybe Danny, you know, because I don't want him to die on me. Imagine his wife, you know? Philip, what did you do? So I'm saying, Danny, are you okay? You want to go back down? This is as far as we got, right? And he's red. Now, he's brown. <laughs> now, for a brown man to turn red, you know he was going through it, right? So all of a sudden, he goes, no, no. We got to make it, man. I'm no gang girl, man. I'm no gang girl, dude. We got to make it. We got to make it. So all of a sudden, we made it finally to the top of the mountain. Or not mountain, the pyramid. And wow, what an amazing sight it was. And to see the city was a city built all by hand. These Aztecs, Indians. I mean, it was incredible. It was something that, honestly, I, I, you cannot believe. You have to see it for yourself. But what I realized is that all this was man-made. All of it was man-made. All of it. I came to tell you, the day you gave your life to Jesus, it wasn't a man-made salvation. Are you hearing me? The day you gave your life to the Lord, you just didn't barely get saved. Hello, somebody. You just didn't, Jesus just didn't barely go to the cross and redeem you. No, 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 no. When you gave your life to Jesus, the Bible says that therefore if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he's not the same person. No, no, no. He is a new. He is a what? A new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And so what that tells me is that the day you gave your life to Jesus, God put his most creative force in everything that is in him to completely change your life. That's why we can say the moment you walk into these doors, you might not leave the same way you came in. Physically, you might look the same. You might not have lost 10 pounds. I know you want to lose 10 pounds, but that might have not have happened. But inwardly, through your spirit, all of a sudden, you are completely transformed by the power, not of man, not of a church, not of religion. No, you are transformed by the power of God Almighty. Somebody give God a hand of praise.
And through that, you become God's awesome and amazing masterpiece. You become one of a kind. Ooh, I like that. Did you hear me? You become one of a kind of God's masterpiece. That God has skillfully created you, making you a brand new person. You know the way that God does that? God does it through his word. God does, he does it as you keep on coming to church. God skillfully creates you. Why? You know how, uh, another way, he does it, he does it through other people. Hello, somebody. Iron sharpens iron. Another way God does it is through trials. I know we don't like trials, but God uses trials to grow us, to develop us, to, to change us. Are you hearing me? And, and God works in you, and God works in you, and, and God works in you because a lot of us, we come in with issues. Don't look at me like that. You know you came in with issues. A lot of us came in with baggage. A lot of us came up with hang-ups. A lot of us came with complexes. A lot of us came in with fears. But yet God was working in you and working in you. And even though you may not see on the natural, but through time, God's working in you. And through days and months and years later, people are able to say, hey, is that you? Is that Because it looks like you bring, you're not the same person. You, you're, you're smiling. You look happy. You look good. You look joyful. What, 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 what happened to you? And, and you, you see men in the Bible where God was working in the Moses, the backside of the desert. God was working in him for 40 years. You see David on the shepherd field. And even after that, when he got was anointed at 15 years old, it took 15 years. God was working in him and working in him. You see the apostle Paul, when God began to touch him and speak to him on the road to Damascus. But yet it took another three years as God was working in him and in him to develop all these men to be powerful, great men of God. You know, for me, when I got saved, I remember I gave my life to the Lord, January 10, 1996. You know, as a, as a PK, church kid, trying to come to church, you know, we, you know, we still had our ways. Hello, somebody. And I remember coming to our first youth convention there in Fresno. And I'll never forget this. It was a, it was a life-changing point for me. And I was at this youth convention. It was there. And I forgot who was preaching, but I remember this. I remember that Sister Josie came up to me. And all of a sudden, she, God used her to minister to me. To tell me that, man, God has a powerful calling, but that you got to separate. You got to get a hold of it. You can't be doing business as usual. I remember through that, man, God put that desire. I said, you know what? I need to separate myself. And I went to Europe. And I put myself there in a church in London. And for about five months, I was there. God was working in me. God was working in me. I was learning how to pray, learning how to read the word, learning how to grow, learning how to evangelize, learning how to fast, learning how to do all the things that our ministry has taught us. And the reason why is because before God, well, before God wants to work through you, God wants to work in you. Are you hearing me? Before God can work through you, God wants to work in you. But I thank God that God's given us a promise in Philippians 1. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you woo, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That tells me that he, our God, when he started the work, he's going to finish the work. He's going to, so, 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 so wife, don't give up on your husband. God's going to finish the work. 
Husband, don't give up on your kids. God's going to finish the work. Leader, don't give up on your ministry. God's going to finish the work. If he begun the work, be confident in that God will complete it. Lastly, not only does God work for us, God works in us, but lastly, God wants to work through us. See, we are created with the purpose to do good works. When I look at people and people ask me, Pastor Philip, what do you see from my life? You know what I could tell? I could tell them with confidence. I see you doing good works. When I look at your life, I can see and tell you with conviction, I see you doing good works. You're like, good works? What, you know, good, no, no, no. You have to understand what good works means here in Ephesians. It means to do some kind of action, to be active. That's, that will be beneficial, excellent, profitable, or helpful, not to themselves, but to others. Doesn't that sound like victory outreach? That God causes us to be action-oriented, to be active, to be excellent, so that we are able to tell people that God is able to transform their life and that the moment they leave you, that they leave a better person, they leave inspired, they leave encouraged, they leave lifted up, they, some of them may leave set free because you prayed for them and all of a sudden the bondages were broken, all of a sudden you, they begin to feel uh, uh, healed, why? Because you prayed for healing, that's what God created you and I to do is to do good works. So that's why you're able to say, Mom, Mom, you're able to say to your daughter that God has created you to do good works. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to keep on believing you. And then all of a sudden, bam, the Bible says, train up a child in the way you'll go. And when they are old, they shall not depart. All of a sudden, God is using you to begin to minister to people, help others, love people, so that when they leave, they're not the same person they were when they first met you. It's like I, I've known people that all of a sudden they got a new job and then their job is completely transformed because the moment they showed up to the scene, all of a sudden they start witnessing, they start putting on worship music, all of a sudden they start passing out flyers, and then a businessman came in, then their coworker came, and then all of a sudden a revival took place in that business. Why? Because somebody showed up to do good works. <laughs> Same thing with Victory Outreach. We go to a city, there is no victory outreach. We go there, what happens? We do good works, and all of a sudden, bam, what takes place? People start getting transformed. Treasures out of darkness come forth. All of a sudden, people's lives are restored. Families are changed. Families are mended together. People that are sick in body are healed. Why? Because that's what God has raised up. Victory outreach is to do good works. Somebody give God a hand of praise. Look at your neighbor, tell him, tell him say, get, get ready to do good works. Tell him, say, get ready to do good works. To do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. What I love about it is that the road has already been paved. He's already made the crooked places straight. Hello, somebody. He's already cut through the barns of iron. He's already leveled the mountains. God created good works for us to do what he already prepared. See, one of the things that I realized serving the Lord is that we don't decide our destiny. Rather, we discover our destiny through God. You don't decide it. 
you discover it. You discover your destiny through God. How do we do that? How do we discover our destiny? How do we discover God's purpose, God's plan? Well, number one, you got to stop what you're doing. You've you got to stop what you're doing. You can't just keep on doing all these other things and not realize, man, what was I created for? Secondly, you got to look. you got to look to God, who's the author and the finisher of your faith. And you need to ask. You need to seek. You need to look through his word. You need to seek counsel from godly leaders. Thirdly, you need to listen. You need to listen to the voice of God. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And as you begin to discover your destiny, as you begin to discover, as the worship team makes their way, your good works, all of a sudden things begin to take place. What are some of the good works that God wants us to do? Let me give you three of them, then we're done. Three good works God wants us to do. Are you guys ready? Number one, God wants you to work out. Everybody like, what? Some of us like, amen, but I'm not talking about physically working out. Philippians says to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. You know, it's funny that when you, when, when you go to the gym, you can't, you can't be this type of person. You know, I don't go to the gym, really. Well, I have been, actually. So, anyway, just a different story. Uh, but when you go to the gym, you know, there's a lot of people, when they go to the gym, they look like they're about to work out. They got the whole get up, the sweatsuit, right? And, and what happens is, is they go to the gym, and all of a sudden, they, they see the weights, and they pass the weights, right? And all of a sudden, they see the treadmills and the bikes, and they pass all that. Right, and then and then they then they got the exercise rooms. You know how now they have all these different classes, and, you know, jumbo, and I don't know all these crazy things. They pass all that, and, and, and but they let yet they look like they're going to work out, but they pass all the workout station, all the things, and they go straight to the steam room. <laughs> they go to the steam room, right? They're in there. And then when they come out of it, and if you just got to the gym, when they come out, it looks like they worked out. It looks like they were lifting up weights. It looked like they were on the treadmill. It looked like they were on one of those classes. But all they were doing was just sitting in the steam room. And that's the way it is with Christianity. You might come to church on Sunday morning with your suit. Hello, somebody. You might come on in with your nice dress, and it looks like you're serving the Lord. It looks like you're doing great things for God. But yet, you just coming on in, just sitting right here in the steam room. But throughout the week, you're not praying. You're not worshiping. You're not fasting. You're not studying. You're not getting involved. But it looks like. But I came to tell you and to declare the victory outreach heart of the bay. We're not trying to raise up some steam room sinners. No. We want to raise up some active involved. Christians that are in the word that are evangelizing that are praying that are seeking God that are worshiping God somebody give God a hand of praise hallelujah tell somebody say work it out tell the person behind say work it out tell three people tell them work it out secondly not only work out our salvation but secondly we are called to work to glorify God. 
You and I are called to work to glorify God. Matthew 5, verse 16, Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and they will glorify your Father which is in heaven. That tells me that everything we do, we should give God all the glory. Everything we do, my friend, even in your job, you should do it unto the Lord. Every single, being a parent, being a mom, you're doing it unto God. Every single thing you do, you do it unto the glory of God. You know, there's a story of a pencil maker. And this pencil maker, obviously he made pencils. Right? And this one time, he took this pencil aside. And he told this pencil, he said, there are five things you need to know before I send you out into the world. He goes, you need to always remember them and never forget them. And you'll become the very best pencil you can be. He goes, number one. He goes, you will only be able to do many great things, but only if you allow yourself to be held in someone's hand. Number two, you will experience a painful sharpening from time to time, but you'll need it to become a better pencil. Number three, you'll be able to correct any mistakes you might make. Number four, the most important part of you will always be what's on the inside of you. And lastly, number five, he said to this pencil, on every surface you are used on, you must leave your mark. No matter what the condition, you must continue to leave your mark. I came to tell somebody here this morning, God's called you to do great works for God, but that you're only able to do it when you allow yourself to be put in God's hands. You're called to do great things, but there are going to come time when God's going to sharpen you. Hello, somebody. God, the Bible says God chases those he loves. I came to tell you that you, you, though you, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to have setbacks, but yet through the mercy and grace of God, you're able to get back up and turn that setback into a comeback. Can I hear an amen? I came to tell you that what's on the inside is what counts, not how you look on the outward, but what's inside of you. And lastly, I came to tell you, you got to continue to be faithful to the vision that God has called us to impact and leave our mark in our generation, in our city. God wants to use our life. Somebody shout it. Give God a praise. Hallelujah. <laughs> lastly. So we're called to work at our salvation. We're called to work to glorify God. And lastly, and I love this one, you and I are called to do greater works. Whoo, that's powerful. We're called to do greater works. And it's not Philip who said that. Jesus said it in John 14, verse 12. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, you will do also. And greater works than these will you do. Because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. 
When I read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you look at what Jesus did, the works, seeing him healing people, seeing him encouraging people, seeing him discipling people, seeing him preaching the gospel, all of a sudden Jesus saying, all those things that he did, he's saying, you're going to do as well. But he didn't stop there. He goes, no, 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 but wait a minute. You're even going to do greater works than these. That You're going to see signs and wonders take place. You're going to see miracles take place. You're going to see people that were once lost, see them found once that were blind. Now they're able to see greater works shall you do. I think that in that song we were singing, he says, greater things are still to come in this city. Why? Because Jesus promised it. Jesus promised that greater works will you do. Victory Outreach, I want you to know, don't settle with just the average. Don't settle with just the normal. Don't settle with just barely getting by. When you have a God that's calling you to do greater works, when God's calling you to lay hands on the sick and see them heal, to pray for those that are bound by drugs and see them set free, to see families, see them change and restored by the power of God. My friend, get ready for God to use you to do great works here in this city. Somebody shout and give God a hand of praise. Hallelujah. somebody it should become like natural to you like it's like it's normal you know what I mean let me give an example this is just how normal it should be for you to do greater works my wife she has a minivan yes I got a minivan we call it the swagger van you know and so all of a sudden you know her car needed to get fixed so I take her to a guy a mechanic that I've been going through years. You know, they say, once you find a good mechanic, stick with them. Right? So I've been, taking, I've been going to this mechanic for about 10 years. His name's, his name's Tony. He owns a showroom shop. So I go, I drop off the van. But I notice there's something different about Tony. He don't look too good. So we're right there in his uh, office. You know, there's other customers waiting in line. And they go, how you doing, Tony? He goes, you don't, I'm all... I'm like, you don't look too good. He goes, but all of a sudden he starts just pouring out his heart. Man, I've been battling sickness. You know, I wake up with fatigue every morning. He goes, I'm even thinking of just, you know, letting go of the shop because I, I, I can't do it no more. I'm physically drained. I'm sick. He goes, it just, he goes, it's real bad. And he knows I'm a minister. He knows I go to Victory Outreach. You know, he was raised Catholic, but he doesn't go to, you know, Hobby Lobby. They just go whenever. Ash Fridays. So all of a sudden I said, Tony, I want you to know something that, you know, I believe God's able to heal you, Tony. Because I go around different different churches, and we've seen people healed from hepatitis, cancer, asthma. And all of a sudden I just started telling him that, you know, the Bible says that Jesus is, is able to heal you. Through his stripes, you're healed. And I started ministering to him right there in the middle of the shop. And I said, Tony, is it okay if I pray for you? And he said, yeah, yeah, sure. 
right there over the counter. I lay my hand on, and there's customers right there. And, you know, at Victory Outreach, you know, we want to get radical. Father, can I pray right now? You know, I want to get all crazy, but, you know, I didn't do that. <laughs> you know, you want to, Father God, you know. I just said, I pray right now for my friend Tony. And I prayed, Jesus, that you would heal him. Let him know how real you are. And I prayed with him. Left the car there. And then I, you know, I went back. I called a couple days later to check on the car. And I go, hey, Tony. He goes, Philip, is that you? And he, I'm like, yeah, yeah. What, what's happening, Tony? Is the car okay? He goes, yeah, your car's doing great. But t- Philip, I wanted to tell you, I don't know what you did the other day. But the next morning when I woke up, I haven't felt so good in my entire life. I, I, I felt like I'm a young man again. I got so much energy. He goes, I mean, I, I can think straight. He goes, a matter of fact, I, I feel so good. I'm going to the doctor today to see them if there's anything wrong because I, I can't explain it, but I just feel good. I said, Tony, I didn't do anything. Jesus healed you. Jesus is able to set you free. Jesus is touching you right now. My friend, I came to tell you that's the greater works that God wants you to do. That you can just go to the mechanic. You can just go to your daughter's school. You can just go to the marketplace. You can just walk down to the liquor store and all of a sudden there's somebody there hurting. Somebody there lost. Somebody there bound. But because God's called you to do greater works, you're able to minister to them. You're able to pray with them. You're able to tell them about Jesus. And through the power of God working in you, you're able to see their life change through the power of God. Somebody give God a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, there is no one like.